0: Welcome to the DrDavidMarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr David Marlin and along with a great team of experts I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts we will discuss science-led research, technology, information and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses go to our website www.drdavidmarlin.com and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Hi and welcome to my latest weekly roundup. This week we've just launched our survey on laterality and this is a massive project involving 10 different uh, researchers from around the world. People like Russell McKechnie guire Professor Hilary Clayton, Anita Eganval from Sweden, uh, Mary Wanlis. so, So many different people with lots of different expertise involved in this. And laterality or sidedness if you like is a really interesting concept it applies to people uh, it applies to horses and what we're trying to do here is to understand factors that affect sidedness uh, how sided horses are of course we know that sidedness can be congenital Uh, for example if a horse has one leg longer than the other then that may influence how that that horse chooses uh, which leg to use in say an asymmetric gait like the canter Uh, or it may be something that's acquired Uh, for example we know that we handle we tend to handle horses from the left hand side so we may be inducing uh, a side preference just by our own behavior so that is kind of acquired laterality but this is a massive survey Uh, we launched it yesterday uh, we've got around 500 responses so far from UK, but it's also available in Spanish, uh, in French, in uh, German. So we're hoping that this is going to be the biggest ever study of laterality um, that's ever been done. So if this is something that interests you, please head over to my Facebook page at Dr. David Marlin and try and, and have a go at the survey. Uh, it only takes probably about 20 minutes and you may well find an interest in, and you can uh, put your email address in, there is uh, three Amazon uh, £100 vouchers to be won, but also you'll be one of the first people to be sent the results before they go public. Tomorrow, uh, Thursday, or last Thursday if you're listening to this, after Thursday, I'll be taking a quick trip over to Holland just for the day, for a meeting with a company that's going to do the PR and marketing for the Sport Horse Welfare Foundation. If you haven't come across the Sport Horse Welfare Foundation yet, this is an international group of scientists who want to be proactive in uh, supporting uh, and promoting horse welfare in competition, particularly uh, sport horses. So what we are concerned about is that there's a lot of uh, false information. There's a lot of areas where we don't have good information that could be used to improve the welfare of horses used in competition. We all support the use of horses uh, in competition, but we want to uh, try and help improve that welfare through an evidence base and you may have already heard me talk already about a what's called a Delphi project this is a project we started uh, several months ago where we are inviting uh, equestrians from around the world so that's riders members of national federations vets physios uh, officials to take part in a process where we try to uh, get a consensus on what are the biggest problems Facing horse sport at the moment. And of course, these are people from around the world with different roles, so we do get sometimes opposing views, but we're trying to come to uh, a consensus so that we can understand the current position about what people within the sport think are the major issues that need addressing. And then If those are areas where we're lacking research, our next stage of our our research or our plan would be to undertake some specific studies to try and get better insight into those areas. Yesterday I joined a really interesting Zoom call organised by Tamsin Furtado. Many of you may have heard of Tamsin already. Uh, She's a researcher at the University of Liverpool and she's been focusing very heavily on issues of horse obesity and rider weight. And on the webinar yesterday was, of course, Tamsin, uh, Jane Williams from Hartbury University, Lorna Cameron from Hartbury University, Uh, some of the people from the yorkshire show who have uh, been very prominent in uh, asking riders who they felt were inappropriate uh, for their horses to to get off and stop riding and and this is a really difficult area because we don't want to be uh, shaming people over their uh, their body image it's more about the the language that we use is incredibly important. So talking about uh, riders and horses that are not appropriately matched, um, but essentially this unfortunately comes down to body weight. Somebody who is twenty percent or more of their horse's body weight is probably too heavy for that horse. Um, somebody who is ten percent probably okay but as we discussed on the call yesterday there are many uh, factors to consider and whilst it's good possibly to have a percentage it's not always going to be useful that's going to be an average we have to take into account things like what surface is the horse on Um, how well does the saddle fit Uh, what type of activity is the horse and rider involved in Uh, the age of the horse uh, existing health does the horse have good back health is the horse fit it's really hard to say and of course what may be 10% may be too much for one horse um, whereas 20% is okay for another horse but we do need to have a discussion on rider and horse matching because there are many horses that are carrying riders that aren't appropriate for them Um, And as I say it's tricky but it is a question uh, it's an issue that needs to be discussed and that's what we're going to be trying to do is to find a way to bring this more into uh, the public domain and to try and get those organising shows to take a more active role in uh, essentially where there is an issue actually addressing it rather than ignoring it. If you follow my page, you may see that I shared a post on raining from another page, and I just asked the question about whether this is—you know—where does raining sit? Is raining harder than eventing? Is it just just as hard as eventing, but uh, a different type of stress? Um, you know, where where does raining sit? Because raining, when you watch it, looks incredibly hard on the horses. Now we had a pretty good discussion until there were some people who were involved in raining became uh, aware of the post and started to interact and what we saw is that those involved in raining defended it of course this is what <laughs> we, this should be no surprise uh when we are either involved in something because we enjoy it or we get financial reward from it we're going to defend it so if show jumping was under the spotlight people are going to defend show jumping if it's eventing then people are going to defend eventing but this wasn't an attack on raining it was uh, um, raising the issue of we need to be I think more objective, um, more understanding of how those not involved with horses view what we do. And I've said several times, I said this at the uh, International Society for Equitation Science Mm. Conference back in the summer, that I find it difficult to often answer questions from lay people about equestrian sport. Questions like, do the horses enjoy it? Well, we don't really know does it cause them pain yes sometimes are you suppressing their normal behavior yes sometimes and these are really awkward conversations to have and we're probably never going to be able to say yes these horses all enjoy it no they don't experience pain and yes they are allowed to express normal behavior there's always going to be probably some compromise to the horse as a result of us using it in sport or or even just for pleasure riding but what we need to do is to make sure that that compromise is as minimal as possible and the reason we have to do this is because of this concept that we now have of social license the idea that we could lose the right to do what we enjoy doing from Uh, the general population the general public if they perceive that what we're doing is not reasonable and of course we saw an example of this with modern pentathlon modern pentathlon through the, uh, the, the treatment of the horses in Tokyo resulted in a massive public outcry and resulted in modern pentathlon removing horses after Paris 2024 now what is the big concern there is of course the lay public probably doesn't differentiate the use of horses in modern pentathlon from dressage eventing and jumping uh, in the olympics as part of equestrian we 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 know they're different we see them as different of course but the the lay public wouldn't differentiate what they see as horses used at the olympics so what happens in other sports we have to be aware that this can have a massive impact on the uh, equestrian social license to operate in general and this is something i'm going to be talking about this weekend in finland Uh, unfortunately this time not in person Uh, i've traveled to finland quite a lot over the past 10 years uh, but this is a a virtual presentation to the finnish equestrian uh, federation and this is an opportunity for us to discuss what are the issues of course different countries have uh, different issues some countries are much more proactive in promoting uh, welfare and education there's I believe I understood there's a massive great program just started in Sweden uh, involving education of horse owners sponsored by the government and it would be nice to see uh, something here because our horse industry in the UK is so important to us. But anyway, I'm looking forward to that presentation and the opportunity also to ask the audience some questions. That's the the great thing about technology that we have these days. We can uh, run little uh, questionnaire surveys actually with the audience while we are uh, giving presentations, even if we're not there in person. So I'm looking forward.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: To that. We've got some great new content out as well this week. If you haven't seen it, Dr. Gillian Tabor, ACPAT Physio, has done a webinar on the equine stifle which is uh, it's comprehensive she covers all aspects of normal function uh, through to the problems you get and how to address those so that's available as a recording in the members area if you watch it and have questions you can ask those in our members closed facebook group and gillian will answer them so you can watch the webinar uh, or the, the video if you like it's a of course it's a recording not a live webinar you can watch that at your leisure and then if you have questions you can ask Jillian. One of the other things that we posted this week uh, was on saddle stiffness and I was careful not to t- title this treed versus uh, treeless saddles because that's always a really contentious issue and it seems we have a sort of polarized position you know a tree or no tree. Now What I was talking about in terms of saddle stiffness applies whether you're talking of a treed saddle or a treeless saddle. And generally, treed saddles are relatively stiff. Treeless saddles are relatively flexible. And each has their advantages. A a flexible saddle will move more with the horse's back, whereas a treed saddle will distribute the rider's weight more evenly. Uh, So, ideally, what you want is something that distributes weight and something that's flexible. Unfortunately, at the moment, that doesn't exist. So, what you're going to choose will depend on what you're doing. If you're doing uh, show jumping, if you're doing eventing, then you need a stiff saddle. If you are uh, just walking uh, and maybe a little bit of trotting, and you're a light rider on a big horse then probably a treeless saddle is is perfectly acceptable but it's an interesting conversation Um, it it generated a lot of interest so if you haven't seen that one go over to the Facebook post and uh, have a look and there's still time to engage with that one so it's nearly December and well of course this week we've got Black Friday now last year we tried to uh, run an activity which we got a lot of engagement with trying to point to people where there were deals we had uh, a live sort of post going on looking at what deals there were we've decided not to run this this year and the reason mainly is because of so many posts saying that Black Friday is no longer really the time to get bargains Uh, unfortunately what has happened is that uh, prices are generally pushed up Uh, sort of in september october and then they're dropped down for black friday and it seems that there's not really any great bargains around or not so many great bargains so what we've decided to do instead is we're going to run an advent calendar and the advent calendar will run not surprisingly 1st of december through to 24th of december and what we'll be doing is giving away a prize every day and this will be done through our YouTube channel. So uh, to be able to see what's going on, you can either subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, at Dr. David Marlin Scientist or go on the Facebook group and you'll be able to see uh, links to the YouTube channel there. And what we'll be doing is we've got some great prizes that we're going to give away one every day we've got let's see what have we got we've got rollers we've got heart rate monitors we've got uh, saddle pads we've got uh i think we've got cryo chaps we've got equilibrium boots we have an all scanner and we'll be giving away one of these prizes every day in from the 1st of december through to the 24th of december and you don't have to be a member this is for everyone And as I say, all you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dr. David Marlin Scientist, to be in with a chance of winning one of these prizes each day. So whilst this is open to members and non-members, we also have a competition only for members, and that's our Christmas cracker. And that is uh, the opportunity to win me to come to your yard for a day and talk to you about whatever you want, Uh, hopefully about horses because that's what I know most about Um, and so that is a a special prize as well special competition that we'll be running so if you want to be in with a chance of getting me for a day to come to your yard then you have to become a member and you can join for eight pound for 30 days and get access to all our content so don't miss out on those and Hopefully, we will see you either on the Facebook group or on the YouTube channel sometime soon. Take care.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time.
2: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research, all designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. The drdavidmarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.